and welcome back to the hockey edition of the Loose Change podcast. Wow, it's trade deadline time. Missing Stu, missing Kides, Valentine's Day episode. Figured we'd only have the attractive members of the podcast on. Brayden Halibisky joining your boy, Tyler Two Cents, hosting the podcast. How are you doing, Brayden? Cuties only episode. I'm feeling good. Had a little bit of a Colby exposure. But hey, I don't want to uh, jinx things. But your boy, I've gone this far uh, since uh, March 13, 2020. Without, I don't know if that was the start date. I remember that was when things got shut down. But I've gone that long since getting... Uh, I have not got COVID since. Really? Uh, that's to say, I've never had it. I've never had COVID. Um, not I'm once. Hoping, you've never not had once. it. I've never fucking had it. Uh, I remember when I moved out west the first time, I got sick as a dog. Sick as a dirty dog. But tested negative, and then uh, none of the symptoms were matching up there. So, what kind of a to... loser never gets COVID once? What somebody who's do? strong, somebody who licks uh, the floor at the gym for their own. You you, you oh, go to the gym. You, you go to the gym to get to get ripped to work on your muscles. I go to the gym to work on my immune system. We are not the same. I will survive <laughs> any apocalypse. Why? Because I lick the weights before I pick them up. You, you're fucked. You're done. There's there's no way that COVID could get inside a body that is filled with gym dirt, gym sweat. I don't understand how, if you can survive that, COVID could even intrude your immune system. My tongue is black from all the dirt that I lick. My tongue I is black from sick. something else. <laughs> and uh, on that note... This is a hockey podcast. This is a hockey podcast. I forgot about that for a second. See, when Stuart and Kai are gone and it's just us two roaming free, it's kind of hard to keep track because I don't know. But we're getting back onto it. Hockey podcast. My Leafs are currently playing the Blackhawks as we record. And it's looking like they can dominate bottom eight teams finally. Looks like they're finally killing losers. Uh, All season long, they're 5-4-4 and against the bottom eight. And moving forward into the trade deadline, I'd love to see them make a move that makes them not super shitty. Or at least not Leaf shitty. Because the Leafs aren't shitty, they're Leaf shitty, right? They don't suck, they just lose when they don't need to lose. When they shouldn't lose. Yeah, I mean, they get jobbed by the refs a lot, so it's kind of tough when uh, the Grafu is always oh, you're one of those guys. Well, I mean, we do know that uh, everybody's favorite referee... Wes... Wes Five McCauley minutes for fighting McCauley does have a personal vendetta against the Leafs after Sheldon Keefe testified in court against his brother-in-law. Let's but not bounce around too much, but let's stick on to the that's Leafs. That's a fact. That's so, just a fact. That's true. One big thing the Leafs can do to improve is not having Wes McCauley ref a game for them. They need Number two get... is they need someone to trade for. Brayden, let's move into that. Two left winger. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. People go, oh, Matt Nice, Matt Nice. Wish Kyle's here because I know he knows his NCAA prospects a bit better than you do there, uh, Tyler, just from past experience. But when you go through the list oh. of recent, here's where I just want to get into it on that, right? You look at recent NCAA kids that have come into the show. Um, they take a bit to struggle. So people going, oh, Matt Nice is going to be the sick power forward. You are extremely happy and lucky if he's like a decent third liner. So you're trying to tell... Leaf fans to temper their expectations because to your point, Brayden, I've been seeing lots of Leafs Twitter very excited, just like me. And I've seen the clips of Matthew Nice. We're mm-hmm. too excited and almost assuming, hey, once this guy finishes school, which he's allowed to start playing in the NHL right around mm-hmm. April, 
he's going to step right into that spot. So maybe we don't need to fill out the trade deadline. And I agree with you. I don't think we should count on that. In fact, that's not likely at all. In fact, we should just be happy if he's NHL caliber this year. And he is. It's just he's going to be a third line winger. You still need to shore up your top six. Go spend. Go get a skilled top six winger. Our my favorite target for the Leafs, Vlad Tarasenko is gone. Look at that package. I don't know. I think the Leafs could have matched that man. I don't think that the Rangers gun or uh, the Rangers gave up that much for uh, for Tarasenko. When you really look at what that yeah. package is, you're right. And that's the first thing I thought as a Leafs fan. The second I saw that package, Braden, I was like, the Leafs should have done that. Maybe Tarasenko didn't want to go there. He did have some say. And going to New York is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, and remember, Panarin is best friends with uh, Tarasenko from their days in Russia together. Like, they grew up playing together. So, hey, sorry, Artemi. We couldn't get your boy, Patty Kane. We did go and get your childhood best friend. Yeah. And we'll get into the Rangers in a bit. But staying for the Leafs for a second, what should they do then to improve their team at the trade deadline? Here's what I've heard. We can go get... Trickgren or Meyer, and it's going to cost an arm and a leg. But the Leafs should go all in. That's an argument I've heard. I've also heard the argument of swing lower, get a Max Domi, a Luke Shen, a Barbashev, someone like that for your middle six. What do you think? Yeah, I don't get what would you be happy with? I don't think Max Domi should be a target. I don't think that he's plays the style that they need on that team. Um, and not to say that they don't need physicality, they do. It's just I don't. Domi, people think that Domi's a lot more physical than he is because of the name on his back. He has that style for sure, but he's not this grinding player. He's not a Michael Bunting. He's not as like he could be shitty, but he's not super. He doesn't. It's over exaggerated because of the name on the back. You think? Um, eh? Yeah, really? and I mean, I just look at the points. Like I don't know. To me, he's more of a he's a middle six, not a top six player. So do you think sure, he's you better go- than Kerfoot? I think he's better than Karfa. Yarncroke, though, on the two left wing to fill in. It, it's same tier of player to me, right? I want a tier above that if I'm filling in that second line. But here's uh, the thing, Braden, What If you want to fill in the second line, you shouldn't compare to Yarncrow. Because the way the Leafs have been playing it since the All-Star break, and even before then, Yarncrow's not top six right now. He's firmly playing solid third line min- minutes, sometimes fourth line minutes. So as a second liner, we're looking for... My I think Max... like. Kerfoot, a Kerfoot replacement is what we're looking for. So to me, like the one I, I I'm not saying this just because Canucks. I'm legitimately saying this is I think he would be great on the Leafs. I think he's great with their style. He's exactly what they need. I think Connor Garland would legitimately be a fantastic player on the Toronto Maple Leafs. He plays that East West style. I'm sure you've watched him. You I love that kid in the corners. Are you kidding me? Garland in the corners, nasty little fucking feisty piece of shit. Like he's small. He doesn't play small. He plays with an edge. Um, the Leafs could use him that more of an edge. Yes. He's skilled. He's ah, he wins board battles. Like, can you not picture Garland just fucking scrumming it out in the corners, throwing it net front to Tavares? Bro, he's exactly what's throwing it high to Nylander. He's He's a kind of I don't he's not Zach Hyman esque because I think Hyman is a bit more rugged, but same kind of style where they're able to go into the corner and they're like a dog on a fucking bone and they're not coming out of that corner until they've got the puck on their stick. I'll throw some other things that would highlight why that could happen. A Garland to Leafs trade. He's really small, but feisty. That's a player that would piss off old head Leafs fans and totally a player that is right up Dubis's alley. And 
he also has term which Dubas has been known to trade for players with term that mm-hmm. he also thinks can make a difference now. So these yeah. kind of things just kind of add up that Garland could be a very good leaf. And I think it also makes sense for Vancouver to deal him. Yeah. It, it makes sense on both ends. Vancouver's probably going to retain on that. Take salary back. Like exactly. to me, it's you get that. And I know we discussed it earlier and it's kind of being overplayed, but I go get Luke Shen too. Yeah, I honestly got I get Luke Shen, and not just because I think he's a great depth defenseman for the Leafs. Who do you uh, did you see who's reported to be very interested in Luke Shen? The Boston Bruins and yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning. Also, so both teams that you're playing, the team you're playing in round yes. one, without a doubt, and potentially the team you're playing around two if you make it this year. No, like you go take away the <laughs> potential toy from them, right? Limit their options and drive up what they have to pay. Yeah, in. A lot of instances, I think it's not smart for teams to trade as an arms race compared in a race for the playoff spots against other teams. But in the situation of Toronto, it is absolutely necessary because of how necessary winning the season is. Well, not just winning the season, but this division's different, right? Toronto's fourth overall in the league and they're third in their division. Can you say that one more time? Toronto's fourth overall in the league and they're third place in their division. I thought I heard you right. So it's, you're right. Typically, I'd say don't go arms race. Like you're going to be spending too much. Like it's hockey's too random. No, dude. Like we've seen what the Atlantic has been like the last couple of years. That's not going to change. You need to go pay up for a player who's going to, you don't need to pay up, but you need to kind of fuck over the other teams one way or another. The way the other teams have definitely done to us, specifically Tampa over the years. Look at Brandon Heigl. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. We found out the offer. You know, I I didn't know exactly what the offer was, but it was for the listeners, the loose change, looser listeners. Can you tell me what you're talking about? Yeah, last year there was rumors that the Leafs were interested in Brandon Heigl as well as uh, Marc Andre Fleury from the Chicago Blackhawks. Brandon Heigl noted second line winger on winger Tampa Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning. Plays like Bunting, but he's got that edge to him. Um, anyhow, he, uh, the trade got next because the Chicago management group leaked some details, specifically the interest in flurry, uh, to the market. So, uh, would have been flurry going to the Leafs as well in this trade. So it was flurry, Mark Andre flurry, as well as Brendan Hagel in exchange for two first round picks and Matt and eyes. And that now, got nixed because the Blackhawks management did yeah. the dirty to do this. And I do that trade to me. Um, oh, for the Leafs? Yes, yeah. for sure. And you got to look at it in the context of last year, right? Like, in Chicago, was, you, like, do that you didn't know Both what was going on last trade. year with your goaltending. Like, Campbell was not playing well. You need to have stability in that. There's Flurry. And then for Hagel, like a first and Nyes, to me, like your best case scenario is Nyes becomes him. Best case scenario. And that's like three, four years down the road. So are you willing to pay, you know, Matt Nyes? And then really, are you willing to pay that first round pick? a late first for the, uh, you know, a guarantee on investment, essentially for a 24 year old, you know, that, you know, best case, Matt nice becomes that to me. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And so. then you also get flurry and then you wouldn't have had to get, go get Murray at the end of the day, this season, let alone last season, it would have helped a bunch going into this year. Think about how different and better this team would have been. If that trade just could have gone through yeah. a major, what if for the yeah. Leafs organization, you're potentially running Samson on flurry. So I don't want to oh, get into it man, too much. I'm now we're getting into, yeah. I'm <laughs> we're getting into the what ifs too much. Right. But yeah, we can. the main point being there is that look at what Hagel did. Hagel ran roughshod over the Leafs in that playoff series. Him and Nick Paul are two huge reasons why Tampa like are the two 
two of the three reasons, the third being Must Macaulay, uh, being why Tampa beat Toronto in that seven-game series. Never going to ever hear Wes Macaulay's name and not remember 2022. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. For me, the Leafs, like, it's, yeah, take away what other teams can do, limit that. Of course, the fear and for a team like Boston, last dance, like, Timo Meyer is going to going to go to the Bruins. Yeah, so that kind of brings me to my point. So let's say the Tampas of the world, the Bruins of the world, Braden, they go get Timo Meyer, they go get Chikrin, whatever. Fuck. So the Leafs, we're just gonna get a Garland type. Is that okay? Do we feel okay with that? Do you judge that as a passable grade by Dubis? This trade deadline, you see Boston and Tampa improve. They trade their first round picks. I don't want to judge that too much based on what other teams do. Let's say, okay, I don't. Tampa okay. can't go get Meyer, so let's put it the, because this is the key part with Timo Meyer. His contract's up at the end of the year. He's an RFA. If you want to keep him, you can either qualify him, which just gives him an I, I think it's a fifteen percent raise off the current base salary in the last year that they get. So what essentially it means is that if you qualify Meyer, you have to pay him ten million dollars next year. Now, you don't have to pay that. You can also just work out a contract negotiation with him. You can sign him for four if he agreed to it. It's just he's going to sit here and go, you can either qualify me, guaranteeing me 10 mil, or you don't qualify me, don't pay me at all, and I hit the open market where I could probably get pretty damn close to 10, if not more. Um, Boston, to me, is a team that really looks like they can get Meyer because going into next year, like they've got a lot of money coming off the books. So right, much money, gone. Yeah, so a lot true. of a lot of money coming off the books, a lot of roster players coming off. Like we know Bergeron's done, we know Krejci's got like we don't know what's gonna happen with Pasternak. They need a and, center. And even then, like you want to keep no, not hurdle, but not hurdle, sorry. Minor. Boston will find a guy, like that's kind of the annoying piece with them. But to me, you want to keep Pasta around. Hey, we've got Timo Meyer now. We're not gonna be as shitty as you maybe thought that we were going to be once we lost everybody starting to look a little bit more desirable to stay there, right? So Toronto can't go after Meyer because I don't see how they can make the money work moving forward, and the acquisition cost is too, too much. How about this, Braden? Ryan O'Reilly. He's shit. He's bad. Is he bad? Because yeah, we... he's been bad this season, for sure. But he also is a 200-foot player, and he won a Con Smythe trophy three years ago. He also was pretty good last year. I know he's I been remember. bad so far. He broke his foot. He's back now, by the way, for the listeners just learning about the O'Reilly thing. We, he hasn't been able to be traded, and now he's back in the lineup. So We've I'm gone thinking, down this road before. Have we? Yes. yes, we've been down this road before. Timo Meyer is Taylor Hall. Ryan O'Reilly is Nick Felino. Oh, he had a good year last year. So did Felino. Oh, it's just, it, yeah, he's injured. He's not having a good year, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. He's getting old. Legitimately, Felino. Now, I know what's happened with Felino since in Boston. Yeah, but I don't buy that Boston. exactly. That's Boston. I don't, to me. Nick Felino had a broke back when he was with Toronto, and that the injury was the main part for why that And what's O'Reilly? His hip? No, he broke his leg, and now he's back. O'Reilly did? Yes. Dude, legs, like, I'm sorry. Legs don't heal. Like, I don't go after him. I, I don't. I if we went when we looked at the points, like he's playing like shit this year and it's expensive to get him. They're asking a lot. To me, it's just I I look at that, I look at like apparently asking price for Taze, like we've talked about. There's a chance you could get Taze for a third. 
are you fucking kidding me? Like between the two, if I got to pay a first plus for O'Reilly or a third for Taze, I'm taking Taze. If I have to pay a second for Taze, I'm taking Taze. I'm right there with you, Brayden. As the resident Leafs fan, I'm definitely down for Jonathan fucking Taves on my team. I'll play him as the second line left winger. I have no problem but, with that. Well, And there's our point. What do they need? A second line winger. What position does O'Reilly play? Center. Okay. And is he taking any of the top two spots ahead of Tavares or Matthews? No, people have so there you theorized go. that how much? Tavares could be a winger, but they have never tried it. So and Not just that. I'm sure he could because wings like easy, the easiest position to play in the sport. Especially left, yeah. Center center can play wing and like Tavares is left shot. A winger play. to Ryan O'Reilly is a very easy wing position too. Yeah, okay. How about this? What? How is the NHL trending in terms of speed? Faster or slower? I was just about to get there. Too, you want your Brady. second line to Good be John point. Tavares and fucking Ryan O'Reilly? Mitch Marner can't skate with two people that can't no. skate with him. He needs someone fast. So Jonathan Taves isn't really that guy either. Who do you propose it is? I I loved your Garland proposal. And I know it's kind of annoying that I keep asking, but I'm just desperate, least fan digging. And I can't think of anyone better because I don't really think Barbashev and Domi's doing it. And I look at these big boards and I scroll down and now we're getting into the Sam Lafferty, Sean Monahan territory. And those guys aren't game hey, changers either. Monahan's 50 point pace this year. So man, maybe like Lafferty, I don't hate. Here's a name for you. I'm going to throw out please. And this is low end. If they get them low end, potentially high upside. Okay. Uh, I think he was seventh overall a couple years back. You could get him for a third round pick. A seventh it, overall for a third rounder. No. Big six foot something player. Let me look up his stats. So I bring it up, but he's been wanting out of the New York Rangers for a while. Oh, are you talking about Kraftstoff? You could get him for a third round pick. Um, left winger. He's been a he's the nineteen ninety nine birth year dude. He's only twenty three, six foot three, hundred eighty six pounds. Only has six points in twenty eight games this year. But we know that the New York Rangers are terrible at developing players. Uh, he's been only they are notorious for that. He's been they? playing on the third line with Heedel, or no, he hasn't been playing with Heedel and uh, Lafreniere. But like, well, he's a right wing, but he shoots left, so he can play left. But I, I don't know. To me, like, that's an interesting option. Where if Dubas wanted to go cheap, like, I could see him doing that, and like, I could see potential success for them. But I, dude, I don't know. It's the Leafs. Like, your job's on the line. You need to get past the first round. I can you're, see you're that. I can His see agent it. is Dan Milstein too. We know have, him and Dubas have a relationship. It's yeah, just, we I have want, three contracts with Dan Milstein right now. With how all the past years have gone with the Leafs, I want a bigger fucking get than Vitaly Kravtsov. Yes. Any other okay. year in past years, right? Let's say they had won like two rounds in the past couple of years and they got into like the third round one year. Fuck it. Sure. If this year you wanted to just say, fuck it, we're only going to go get Kravtsov, go for it. If let's say, because is Kerfoot playing center or wing right now? Oh, he does not play center. He hasn't played okay. center. In and who's third line? Wow. Who's third line center? Camp. 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 Okay, like that's the Camp thing. Camp has been out. locked into our third line center for most of. Uh, who's four C? No, I'm all swing. Uh, the four C honestly is our most rotational center spot. So you kind of need a center too. Like to me, you want Camp as your four C. If you move out Kerfoot Hall. You bring in some big guy, and then I don't know. You have crap stuff in your bottom. Oh, you know you who we've been playing there lately is Holmberg, and I fucking love that guy. guy. Yeah, he's been good. Get, but like to me, you still want you do want an improvement on your three C. 
you want improvement on your two wing. Our fourth D. line, I even pushing down one of our players down to the fourth. I'd love like your point to see Camp for Yarn Crow as the fourth line guy. Dude, even if you went out and paid the third for Kropsov on your fourth line. Yeah. Okay, so that's a great uh secondary or tertiary piece, Braden. And I love that you bring it up. But this is the circle that we keep on getting into is I'm asking, what can the Leafs do? We go through the names, and then you say, yeah, but that's not enough, even though this name would work. We want this bigger swing. But when we look at the bigger swings, it can't happen. Like, they're not going to get Timu Meyer. They've apparently been working on it, but if it's not Timu Meyer, I don't think it's going to be anyone else that's... Meyer is going to the Canes or to the Bruins, right? The Canes have been known. Devils are up there, too. Oh, yeah, because the Devils were the team that said, hey, whenever you get your best offer, you call us and let us know. That's so exactly one it. last shot. Like, I, the Devils are willing to go for it this year. Think about how good they've been ever since they heard your prediction in the summertime. They've just been laying the lamp. They, they My, need to go for it. Did the Leafs go get JVR? But that's another cheap one, dude, right? Like, I know none of none of these answers are right. There's no good players. Just, I don't feel like, like that's the thing. Garland feels like it's the highest. It's the best mix of high upside and like decent ceiling or sorry, decent floor. Right. Yeah. Garland's not having the best years. Only got 28 points in 53 games, but he put a 52 and 77 last year, 40 and 49 the year before 40 and 68 the year before. Like, we know that Connor Garland, for the most part, is a 55-ish point winger. And it's almost all exclusively at even strength, right? That's the thing that we see right now being talked that about. That is a huge point, Brayden. Thank you for bringing that up. Because Garland doesn't really get the PP1. He's not getting the PP2 or second assists, right? He's no. getting those five-on-five points. And what would the Leafs really need right now? A five-on-five five five point scorer. He's a 20 goal scorer at five on five, right? Like when you, uh, such a big thing about Patrick Kane, about bringing Kane in is that he brings a lot of power play production. Patrick Kane's not taking anyone off PP one on the Leafs. So you're going to pay that huge fucking expensive acquisition to get second line power, like a two PP. And the guy that you have to like hide five on five. Yeah. Patrick like, Kane. It's not. I just saw this stat, Braden, when reading an article from Chris Johnson. Apparently, he is the worst forward at five on five defense over the last five years in the NHL. Yeah. The last out of last. Like last yeah. out of hundreds and hundreds of forwards. And I'm not like surprised. Like it's shitty, but like he's never been good at DM. But he's considered head. a star player. And over the last five years, he's the worst at five on five. Like, that, yeah, I mean, so is I, that is not highlighted enough. But McDavid is sure he's in the bottom like thirty percent. Yeah, but the fact that this guy's like eight hundred out of eight hundred or whatever yeah. the fuck it is is wild. It, I just I. So yeah, I think it's just like where the options are like, go get a B. Basically, it's almost there's no A out there. Go get a B. Try to pass this deadline. There are though, like that's the weird, like <sighs> like Meyer. Meyer's an A, I guess. If you get Meyer and you don't have to give up way too much, like if you get Meyer yeah. for uh nice and a first and a B prospect, that's an absolute win, no but matter that's what. The thing. I see people. Oh, we can't give up. We can't give him up for Meyer, dude. You're lucky. You're fucking lucky if he turns if 
uh, Matt Eistrand into Meyer. Well, don't everyone like just sleep on Meyer, eh? Because he's playing on the Sharks and he's a winger for the Sharks. He's so good. He's on pace for 45 this year and he was electric last year. He was so good two years ago. He's only 26, Braden. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this guy's on the up and up for sure. He only signed a $1 million deal. Like how many years ago? Wasn't that wild? I, here's another one for you. I didn't even think about this one because he plays right wing, but fuck it, on me. but on the give left, it, give it it's to a different Canuck. Right it's, who would you rather have from the Canucks? Brock Besser or Connor Garland? Here's the thing. I don't know. Is Brock Besser like that guy Brock Besser anymore? is it Brock. <sighs> for the last year, he's gone through so much and it's unfair, but I was a big believer in him and he's only 25. I don't know if you remember what happened in his rookie year. Um, he was going, he got hit on the boards right after like a line change happened. The door was open and he broke his back. He was electric in that rookie year. Like that was going to be a 30, 40 goal score in the NHL consistently. He looked so good. He has never returned. Um, it's shitty. Cause like that was such a great player, but that player is gone. Injuries has fucked him. That being said, he could still crack 30 one day. Like we all thought he was going to do it this year until he was injured. He has injury issues, but the Leafs have a great medical staff. I mean, you're playing him on the second line. I I, I struggle to not see you, Brock Besser. I mean, he's playing on the first line with Petey right now, and he's producing, right? Like, I think he's up to six goals since Tockett took over. So if he's producing that well already, put him with Matthews or Marner. Like, I think he's going to do great there. So yeah. He would do amazing there. I, so good. I would like to see Brock Besser on there, like looking at other targets. So like, it's just the thing with all those is it's salary, right? Pulyarvi, I don't think is the get. He's Pulyarvi is what he is. Can I? Yeah. I'm curious. What do you think the Leafs give up for Brock Besser? What would the Canucks even much. entertain? Like Brock um, Besser makes six point five, right? Like makes six point six five until the end of twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. So yeah, that's what two years. Yeah, you're retaining half. Like this year and next, you're retaining half. Um, Let's say the Canucks retain twenty five percent of that. Leafs trade Alex Kerfoot. That could Kerfoot, that could work. I'll tell you what it is. It's Kerfoot and like a fourth for Brock Besser and retention. No, really. Bjork Bjorkstrand went for a third, right? If oh, I'm man. if I'm anyone else, I'm saying Oliver Bjorkstrand scores fifty five points. He scores thirty goals and he went for a third round pick. You expect me to pay more for a guy who's produced less in the last year and has injury issues, regardless of talent, right? Talent alone, I think Brock Besser is a better player than Bjorkstrand. But injuries have hampered his ability to produce consistently and to get into it. Damn. How about that? Eh? A Willie Tavares Besser or a Marner Besser Tavares? Yeah. Matthews I mean, Nylander Besser. Man, the options are endless. That sounds that sounds okay and doable. You know I think the Leafs guy? can make that happen and like we've been talking about the lease for the last 18 and a half minutes. And we've finally found someone outside of the obvious Timu Meyer pick who I think the lease could actually go get. And I think these Canucks and Leafs should get on the phone together. Let's do it. They like to trade. I mean, GMs love to trade with the same teams over and over again. Like I, I they're talking for sure. Another guy. Um, I'm just like going through a list right here. Left wing. I love this player. I think he's fantastic. I know the Canucks have had talks about getting him in exchange for Besser. Um, Jordan Greenway. I like that player a lot. I wonder what the Wild do, though, because the Wild are like in this weird limbo where they could easily buy or sell. I think they buy. It's the NHL, right? It's GMs. If they have a chance to go, if they're in the middle, they're going to buy. They're always going to buy. 
Yeah. The very least they hold firm. They never sell when they're in it. So and, Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, like that's just my point, right? Like I and with the, what's happening in the next couple of years, we know the wild aren't gonna be able to like compete for a year or two, or at the very least, like because of their cap situation. Because of their cap, and they're gonna float at a wild card at best. Um I think you'll see them buy in pretty heavy at this deadline. So I'm curious to know. I think the Leafs do that. And I think it's clear the Leafs will trade for a defenseman. That's going to be like a bottom pairing guy. I, there's a bunch where we don't need to waste our time going through all of them. Luke Shen is my number one on the list as far as bottom pairing guys goes. But there's a few guys that Dubas will end up with one of them. Mm-hmm. Putting that Leafs bag aside, wondering about the Rangers right now, the Rangers. The Rangers traded for Tarasenko. Big splash. And he produced right away. He's looking really good on Panarin's line. What do the Rangers do? Are they done? No, they need a centerman, I feel like. You think it's still at forward that they need to improve? It's clearly not goalie. The the defense seems pretty solid. I think they've most likely made their big get. But if anything, I I, I look at center. I mean, Heedle's fantastic. I don't like him on a Canucks jersey. But Zabanajad, Trocheck, you've got on there, and Hedl, like, yeah, even then, like, it's a pretty strong lineup on maybe Wing, just because Lafreniere and Kako haven't been, like, the fast. But even then, like, they're going to finish around 40 points. I could see them just trading for, like, a Dutch guy, like Bukestad or Lafferty. Yeah, something like that. Just hold. Other than that, like, you made your big get. I don't want to say that you're playing with house money, but, like, you got the goalie, ride the goalie. They're good. Yeah. Speaking on playing with house money, that's the team I wanted to get to was the Devils okay. uh, across the uh, across the subway there in New York. New but York. I don't I know the level the Devils are big game or big game hunting. They're apparently really in on Meyer. They've been talking a little bit chicken, but they are definitely big game hunting. Do you think they should go after one of the big guys? Yeah. Like, do they need to buy? I don't feel like they do. Well, I think they can, and if you're going to buy a 26-year-old that has RFA rights afterwards, and Timo Meyer seems like the perfect buy scenario from the Devils. But here's the thing. If I'm the Devils and this, hey, here's the call. You told us we're to call you before we go through this trade. Boston has this amazing trade lined up. We need you to send two firsts, your best prospect, and a decent roster player. I think I hang up because if yeah. I'm the Devils, those first round picks are very valuable to me. The Devils remind me of a farther ahead Leafs when they started getting good. Like I, they remember, they remind me of a better 2017 Leafs, like the second Babcock year when they were competing for like when they had fit, had like 106 points instead of barely yeah. a wild card spot. No, I like. We've seen that they're reluctant to move. Well, not even reluctant. They've said that they're not going to trade Luke Hughes or Simon Nemec. They're top two prospects. To me, okay, you're not trading your top two guy prospects. That takes you out of the mire discussion. Yeah, or at least you it know takes that you out of the Bruins fire. will. Dude, well, the Bruins have a shit. Like, I, I don't know if the Bruins give up for Meyer. Like, that's the thing. The Bruins have no prospects. But like, the Bruins are in this They've... position where they need to go for the cup because they're so clearly primed for the cup. They've never been so primed for the cup, honestly, in like Bergeron's era. 
Yeah, but I want to first, like, I, I'm rebuilding. I want a package that I can rebuild with, right? So if I look at the Bruins, they've got the worst prospect um, system, not, like, system to develop. Not but, a like, lot of great draft picks. They, they have nothing. They've got no prospects that are remotely close to being worth a, an Amir trade. Like, there's interesting pieces, but nothing that I go, oh, cool, like a top six or top four defense, like, player. There's no, like, the first round pick's going to be 25 and after. Carolina is also in a similar position then, and they have they've got young guys. Pool. They have better, right? yeah. If you're them, I'll give you Seth Jarvis. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. the Bruins don't have that that they can offer, right? I agree. I think now that you mention it, the Canes have a way better chance of landing Meyer. I'm just a Leafs fan and catastrophize with the, the Bruins, Bruins very often. The Bruins. Here's what the Bruins offer. It's the Brusque is in that package because you got to move a high on the current roster. And he did one out at one point, even though you want to stay now. It's tough titties, like you're going. But it be DeBrusque a first and something. Fabian Lysel. Okay. Like that does like that's what they offer for fucking Horvat. I want more. Yeah. I want yeah, more than what you offer for Horvat. So it's not I don't see it. Going back to the Devils, I you know what I think they should do? And I don't think I've seen anyone talk about it. How about we go get that Arizona goalie? How about we go get Vejmelka, who's playing like a top 10 goalie. He is 26 years old, and he's signed at 2.725 for another two years after this year. The, uh, what? The fact that Arizona is yeah. entertaining trades for this guy, like makes sense because you're Arizona. You're never going to be good. Might as well trade all good players you have forever and ever. But the Devils do not have the goaltending to win a Stanley Cup, in my opinion. And if you go get this guy, if you instantly add a top 10 goalie who I believe Arizona is willing to give up for not too much, the Devils should go get that guy. And I'm willing to give up futures for that guy because that could be my goaltender for the future building around my core that is set right now. Yeah, if we're getting into that conversation, I mean, I'm looking at on the Devils before I, I'm I'm calling about Thatcher Demko then. I'm calling Demko. I'm calling Vejmelka though. I I think Vejmelka is very much the same as far as Demko, even more valuable because his contract. Okay. Yes. I Demko is a superior goalie by far, but five point whatever mil versus eight hundred thou. Two point seven two five for Still, another. It, you're saying another two, two years and arb rights, or sorry, now, RFA rights. Yeah, Demko, I think will be UFA, but you still get him for four more years. So, I think Demko's twenty five, twenty six. Like it, it, it comes down to if you believe in Velmelka as much as you do Demko. To me, but thank you Demko's for pronouncing it finally for me, Velmelka. Uh, I, I have Velmelka. You had yeah, it for Vemel- a second, Velmelka. Um. <laughs> Carl Vimelka. Yeah, no, like Demko's got the longer track record, but he's going to cost more because of it. So, like, if I'm the Canucks, I'm not letting Demko. I say that, but that's because I'm biased. Goalies never go for anything. Yeah. Goalies don't go for anything. Unless they're like established, like soon to be, unless they're really hyped. Like, I remember the Leafs traded two first for Freddie Anderson and it was like a good trade or something like that. Yeah. And then I go, Roberto, I guess his contract, but Roberto Longo got traded for Jacob Markstrom, who at the time, was seen as like you're lucky if he's a like he's a fringe starter prospect hmm. and Sean Mathias. That was the but, trade. And how many times do we say this on the podcast? Goaltending is voodoo. So if I'm the Devils, go get this guy and make it happen. Because 
I don't love their goaltending. How are they so good right now with their goaltending? Vitek Vanacek has a 9-16. Yeah, and I would love to have Vitek Vanacek be my solid backup. I think well, he's got 35 games. Like I think he's a decent. St- you know what? I think it's something. If you go get Vamelka, you're looking at a Vamelka Vanacek is not the same, but similar tandem. I guess we could say to Swayman Allmark. Yeah, that's a really good uh, tandem. If you look at the contenders in the East, especially in the Metro Division, that's right up there with the Ranta Andersons, the yeah. Yari to Smiths of the world for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that does it for the Devils. Um, what do you think about Carlson to the Oilers? How realistic is that getting? I love how hot that heat is in that kitchen. It is. Like, it's hot. Like, it's just... Is it stupid for the Oilers? Yeah. It's ridiculously stupid. Will it potentially... Could it potentially like, fuck them out of retaining McDavid? Like, no, you move heaven and earth to get McDavid to stay, but... if. I don't know where the money for the rest of your roster goes, so it fucks your team in the long run. Um, do I think it's kind of just a really more expensive Tyson Barry at this point in his career? I love Eric Carlson, and I am so excited that he's oh, back. Oh, come on. Do not disrespect I him like that, so, dude. Eric Carlson might be my favorite player in the last five years, ten years. But looking at... I'm sorry. like The numbers are what they are. He's not a defensive master anymore. He's weak defensively. Like he's not good anymore in his own end because he can't turn. Yeah, but he's just he's turning it back on in in, in the other end. Look at oh, his uh, offensive highlights. Look yeah, at I his zone. But that's my point, right? Like, I don't know. Is it worth to fuck your team over in the long run, completely cap wise, to go from a defenseman who's going to put up sixty points of power play time and do nothing in his own end to a defenseman that's going to put up ninety points and still do nothing in his own end? You tell me as a Canucks fan how big of a difference has Quinn Hughes made your team because you didn't have a good offensive defenseman before that. Uh, equivalent. Pardon? Quinn Hughes is decent defensively. Is Quinn he? Hughes can break up. Yes. Quinn Hughes can break up plays in the neutral zone before they come in. He's great with his stick. He has great body positioning on you the You don't half think Eric Carlson can do any battles. of that right now? He can't anymore. The numbers no. don't lie, right? Like, if you want to bottle up the most basic at the fucking JFresh chart, you look at Carlson, it's like 100% on the fucking offense and 9% in his own and the D. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's not, he's not good defensively. Like, it sucks to say, but he's not that guy anymore. People, Looking... oh, here, Carlson's back. You're getting fooled because the offensive part's back, but the defensive part didn't return. He still gets exposed. Yeah. Right. If I'm if I if I'm going up against Eric Carlson and the Oilers or whoever in the playoffs, I'm dumping it in onto the right hand side every single time to make Carlson have to turn around because he can't turn. He can't pivot. So that's kind of what I think is why it's so exciting for me, who is an Oilers hater. I'm a Leafs fan. I do not cheer for the Oilers. There's this kind of rivalry there. That's for sure. Behind the Jets out of Western Canadian teams, I hate the Oilers the most. I don't want them to do well, and I want them to make this mistake of trading for Carlson. Carlson hits 100 points if, like, he gets traded to the Oilers. Oh, my God, of course. He will hit 100 points next year. Like, no, Eric Carlson will become the most valuable fantasy defenseman once again because he's passing it to Connor fucking McDavid. Well, he's already getting 100 points on the fucking Sharks, so... It's just, looking at it, though, It's it, it doesn't make sense, and because the two others and Ken Holland, they'll probably do it. 
acquisition cost is going to be stupid. It's going to be caught like apparently they're asking for multiple firsts just to get out of that no deal. Way. You should be, yeah, dude. If you're the Sharks, I'm like, why are you getting greedy? Like, take a third round pick for our fucking Carlson. Thanks. I just saw a ridiculous Phil Milka highlight. Man, I'm telling you, he's the guy. Good goalie, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, like. Carlson and K- Carlson Kane and O'Reilly to me are the three guys who Carlson less so just because I think it's less likely he gets moved due to the contract. But those are the three guys where if your team's acquiring them, like fucking be careful what that acquisition cost is because they're not going to be worth it. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you there. Is there anything more trade deadline related you feel like getting out before next week? Yeah, if the uh, if the base if I was just gonna say apparently the base piece that the LA Kings had offered for uh, Chitron before Sowies got in the way and stopped the deal was Brant Clark, and if that's a starting point, like good fucking luck to the Leafs for for doing that. Brant Clark is as far superior player than Matt Nyes, so if you want Chitron, you're giving up Nyes plus. Yeah, I apparently Elliot said that wasn't real, but he also. Didn't get that confirmed that it wasn't real, so who knows? Nah, that's I saw enough. I, I believe that that's what happened there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So as far as that goes, that's done with. Uh, a lot of trade deadline chatter. It's not next week or anything, so we might still get into it. It's kind of our loose change trade deadline big board preview, if you will. The February 15th, 16th edition. Um, so take that and run with it. My next and ending topic for the podcast is does Connor McDavid hit 150 points this year, Braden? He, What's he at right now? He's got 54 games played. He has 97 points. So in an 82 yes. game projection, yeah, he hits, he hits 147 points. Yeah, he's in a, he's gonna look at that. He's gonna see 150. Like he, he's gonna score 70 goals. He's gonna hit 150 points. Well, here's the thing. That's true, Brayden. He's only on projected to get 64. I think he gets 70. I, I think, think he, he does it, it. I don't know if you remember. I'm, I'm gonna get this wrong. So maybe I shouldn't say it because I can't remember the exact thing. Henrik Sedin to win the Art Ross. It was like the final game. I think he was four points back. And I think he put up like a five point eight. It was something like that. He put up something stupid to get it. McDavid's going to do the same type thing where he's going to fucking go into a game. You watch. He's going to be like, Connor McDavid needs four goals to hit 70. And then he's going to hit four goals in game 82. Um, He's stupid. Like he's insane. He just does what he wants. That being said, do the Warriors go further than the first round? Like, I don't know. I don't think so. We'll see. I think after last year's playoffs, we saw that all it takes is get him into the playoffs, have some okay goaltending, yeah. and let McDavid win you a series. Win you two series. Win I you think a what Stanley Cup. We do need to talk about, though, quickly. This is going to get a bit boring, unfortunately. Potentially boring, but this is important. We need to talk about Bali sports. Okay, and then we'll end the pod. Cool. So, uh, quick rundown, Bali Sports. Yeah, so a lot of Lucian's listeners have no idea what you're talking about. So, like, break it down. Okay, so when you watch hockey, there's broadcasters, right? (laughs) Okay, come on, not like that. Canadians are going to be familiar with TSN and sports now. One of the big American ones is Bali Sports. Uh, They've got that red logo. It's like red and white cursive. It looks pretty nice. Um, I think they've got the best display, but not a great broadcast. Anyhow, 
the NHL is the regional broadcast network for 12 NHL teams. Diamond okay. Sports Holdings, which runs Bali Sports Regional Sports Networks, has officially skipped on its $140 million debt payment. This means that they are now, and this is as of today, which is February 15th. They are entering their 30-day grace period. So you get 30 days. Okay, you can pay it. No big deal. After that, you're up. You got to You're due for it, at which point they're going to file for bankruptcy. This is right after AT&T Sportsnet, our regional sports networks, have paid less to the Rockies, Astros, and Pirates earlier this week. What that really means is that the NHL is going to lose the main broadcaster for 12 of their teams. Um the NHL makes all their money on gate revenue and TV deals. If you think the cap is going up at all after this news, you are wrong. The cap is not going anywhere. Cap's going so, up a million. We're not going to see it go up by like 12 American teams, Braden. Yeah. Where right now, 120 days time from today, we're unsure where they're broadcasting games for these 12 teams locally. No, because they're still going to like they'll declare bankruptcy, which is its own like thing right bankruptcy is hey we can't pay everything and then you're gonna have people come in and go okay so what's all your assets worth you add it all up here's what you could pay how much is that recoverable really what the, the main thing there you're gonna be able to finish the season moving into next year though you have no fucking idea and even if they are able to recover it your contract is still with this organization right so right. if my contract if my cap is it dependent on this organization's broadcasting ability do it go up Dude, they're declaring bankruptcy. Like the half's going nowhere, right? That that's we could get into the ins and outs and get all those specifics, but that's the key part. Is that just under half of the NHL is losing their broadcasting, and as a result, we're going to need new deals. It's going to go down. Revenues down, down. Cap's not going up. Yeah, that's fucking not exciting, eh? They always do it, and that's why I'll never give my hopes up when I hear these reports for ninety million, ninety five soon, and. You know it'll just get it'll come crumbling down because it always does. First it was COVID, which is a global pandemic, and next there's broadcasting. Right, it's gonna be a lockout before we know it. I swear. We will get one. We we are on. We are going to get a lockout. Yeah, I think we got two years left before the lockout. All right. Thanks, Gary. Well, Sick league. Way to end it on a good note, eh? Uh huh. Thank you so much for listening to the trade preview. Valentine's special love edition, cuties only edition of the Loose Change podcast, where we have the two cutest podcast hosts on. Thank you so much for joining me today, Braden. Let's yeah, end it on me. some Anthony Jeselnik Valentine's Day theme jokes. Uh, whenever I meet a pretty girl, Braden, whenever I meet a pretty girl, the first thing I look for is intelligence. Because if she doesn't have that, then she's mine. Yeah, that's what I do. No, I don't do that. I, uh, oh, something pissed me off this week. No, you know what? I remember what pissed me off this week. I was at the gym today. I hate stinky people at the gym. I feel like I've bitched about this before, but there's this one fucking guy at the gym. He's just so fucking stinky. He's got this dirty fucking little, it's a white guy with dreads. Like, you know, he's going to be fucking stinky. He always wears his fucking, like, he's got his dreads. He's got a shitty little fucking tank top. He's got his shitty little shorts. It's all fucking reggae themed. He can't lift. He's a skinny little fuck, and you could smell him 10 meters away. And 
if I can smell you over my own sweat and the sweat of everybody else in this fucking gym, and I actually have to leave, dude, I deal with the fucking protein farts that people are leaving at that fucking gym. Are you kidding me? Like, the garbage can is overflowing with steroid needles, and you know that these guys are letting their fucking protein rip through that asshole. And I can still fucking smell your armpits 10 meters away. You should put your head, like, right underneath the weight rack of the, like, leg press and just let it fall. Let it fall on there. I farted pretty bad in the middle of my bench press this week. It was it happens it, like I got in my peripheral a few head whips. Like, was that you? But like, and I had my headphones blasting right, and, but I still felt that energy, and I heard it over my headphones. Ooh. I know I could felt it. I felt it too, but like I, I heard it too. So brutal for the kid. I want you to keep that rant in. 